Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Amen. And such as David has has admonished us to do so. Uh, just a reminder, on July the 26th, the last Sunday of this month in the PM service, uh, we will have a celebration for uh, our graduates. Uh, we had some that graduated from uh, college, others that are graduating junior high and uh, uh, continuing on their journey and education and the high school level and such. And so we'll have a couple, a few tables at the back of the wall uh, Alex uh, Mason and Mariah McGee and then Raven Adams will have some tables up there and they can showcase perhaps uh, their journey this far or uh, diplomas or anything, certificates and things that they might have uh, that uh, demarks their journey up to this time and we want to celebrate with them. Again, this is a little different format than normal but we still want to some way uh, to be able to acknowledge this milestone uh, in their lives and uh, for some it's just a milestone or for all I should say it's a milestone of many milestones yet to come in life <clears throat> we celebrate all those first of our children uh, whenever they are growing up you know the first tooth the first day of school the first time they got a haircut blah 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 it, it's important please don't that's not disrespect me saying blah 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 I know you're holding on to your little one right now, and you're like, I can't believe he just said it like that. I understand. Uh, but nonetheless, there are many milestones in life uh, to be celebrated even beyond our childhood, and not just in education, but the first job and, and uh, even spiritual milestones. Amen. Even spiritual milestones in our life. Uh, that we want to see developed and take place as well. So that will be July the 26th, next Sunday night. Yeah, that's the last Sunday of this month. Welcome to August very soon. Amen. Going to be turning to the book of Numbers tonight. Amen, the book of Numbers. It's good to see everybody here. Amen. In the house of the Lord. Kevin, it's good to see you back there, man. Leading your tribe up here past the offering plate tonight. Amen. That's tremendous. Mackenzie and Hunter and just the whole, good to see Maddie not on crutches and, and such. And uh, just to see all the people. Yeah, good to see Sean and Wyatt here visiting. I'm supposing that is a visit. I'll be calling her pastor and such. So, uh, but uh, so glad to have, so glad to have her with us tonight as well just everybody everybody see your smiling faces amen it's appreciative tonight numbers chapter 33 this should have been just one service today and we should have departed for camp tomorrow and uh corona got the best of us and so there is no camp next week we even as a district board was supposed to have a conference Friday and Saturday of this, this coming week uh, to kind of do our fall business and also we was going to have service with who was going to be our camp speaker. And Corona kind of got the best of that either too in the state of Indiana. So we're going to be doing business this week in the evenings by Zoom throughout the week here uh, personally and 
for anybody that also desires to know uh, the district ministry conference that was scheduled for September, it's next as well. And uh, it won't be taking place. Uh, we, uh, as the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ, they kind of just made a, a decision just to, for a, the rest of the year just to kind of put everything off except for NYC still on the calendar as of right now. And uh, so we're trying to hit the reset button and get everybody well and expel everything else and uh, be able to come back. So here we are on this Sunday night right before camp meeting. Amen. Amen. I told my wife the other night, just the other night, I said we could have we could have had each minister in the church preach this week and had camp ourselves. I said, but they're all working. Everybody's working. And so here we are. We'll see you Wednesday night after tonight. All right. Numbers 33 and verse number one starting. And this is a long chapter. This is somewhat of a peculiar chapter. Uh, if you take the time to read it, it has some of those peculiar names, not necessarily of people, but places. It may be a chapter that you come to in Numbers and like, eh, let's see what chapter 34 has to say. All right, uh, but uh, let's consider just the first few verses tonight. I, my intention is not to hold you long this evening. I know everybody's laughing about that. I seen Brother Mason this morning. I seen Brother Mason this morning as I was standing up here, and I was like within the last five or seven minutes. I said, now, just give me a little bit more time so I finish, and he leaned over to his wife. Now, he might have been asking about what they were going to have for lunch. I don't know, but I'm just making an assumption. That it probably has to do with the longevity of these lessons that this guy's been teaching here lately. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. <clears throat> Numbers 33 and verse number 1. <laughs> and if you're asking why am I picking on him, I only have so many people to pick on in the more Sunday morning service. You know, that's actually here with me. So, these are the journeys of the children of Israel which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their goings out according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their goings out. And they departed from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month. On the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with a high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord had smitten among them. Upon their gods also the Lord executed judgments. And the children of Israel removed from Ramses and pitched in Sukkoth. If you continue reading, you're going to read that they departed from Sukkoth and they pitched here. and They removed from here and they put their tent there. And you're going to read that and read that and read that over and over and over again as the places may, as the places may change. This is, again, one of those peculiar nights. I don't necessarily have a title for you. Amen. But I want the Lord to help us tonight. If you can meet me right now in prayer. Amen. For the Lord's will to be done. Father, I love you, Lord Jesus, here this evening. I need you, O oh Lord, tonight, God. We need you, Lord Jesus, in this place and in this house. God, we're thankful, Lord, for everyone, Lord, that has come together in the house of the Lord. I pray, O oh God, that you would minister to their lives, you would speak and minister, Lord, to their souls in some way. 
Help them, God, to be encouraged. Help them, God, to be strengthened, Lord, in their walk and in their relationship with God. I pray, oh, Lord, that you're able to help us tonight. We'll not fail to thank you. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen to the church. Say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Moses, in Numbers chapter 33, Moses is being very reflective here in a moment. He's being very reflective. He is casting his eyes over his shoulder and looking back upon the journey of the nation of Israel from the moment that they have left Egypt and now are on the cusp of entering into the promised land. And he has recorded very diligently as the Lord commanded him. He has recorded the, what the Bible describes as the going outs of the children of Israel as they left the land of Egypt. And I don't know if, 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 if Moses kept a journal of some sort or some fashion in order to mark all these different times that they pitched their tent and that they encamped or that they departed and that they left the place where they were departing. But somehow or another, he, he kept these things in some type of form that he could recount them now that they are standing at the Jordan River for uh, the, the second time considering going over the Jordan into the land of promise that God had promised unto them. And as he looks at all of these things, as he looks at the journey from Egypt to the promised land, there are many, many encampments that are listed in the scripture. Amen. All of these in essence, because the Bible dictates it as this in verse number one, that these are the journeys. These are the journeys, plural. When reality, they were journeys that were a part of a overall journey. They were, they were destinations that were a part of an overall destination of being the land of promise. And so if you were to read, and you can go home tonight as you're falling asleep in your bed, and read all of Numbers 33, all these different encampments of where they went and where they came from. And if you count them, the scripture even relays this to us, that there are, Brother Howard, 42 times. 42 encampments, 42 places where the children of Israel pitched their tent. Amen. Where they pulled up their camper, the Johnson family, and they put down the leveling system. 42 times that they did this and 42 times that then they removed from a place and went on to another place. The scripture enlists them almost like encampments. It lists them as though it is a pause in their journey. It is a stop in their journey. But we must understand that in between these stops or in between these places was in essence the journeys that they were taking. And each of these individual journeys were taking them to the overall destination of the land of promise. From Egypt to the land of a promise because in reality if Moses was just to record the going out of Egypt 
there would really only be one journey to record, and that is the first of them all. He would only had written down that they traveled from Ramses to Sukkoth, but the Bible lists 41 other encampments, 41 other places and legs in the journey. If he was just to record getting out of Egypt, it would have been the first leg of the Exodus as they traveled from Ramses to Sukkoth, and no doubt that would be a very important journey because that was the journey that inspired, that is the journey that initiated their deliverance. It's the journey that led ultimately from them being under the hand of hard taskmasters, from them being under the hand of making a bricks daily and meeting a particular quota, being under, if you will, the rigors of the work that took them from being under that place to a place of freedom and to a place of deliverance. And what a deliverance they had. We read of in Numbers 33 that Israel, when she left that land of bondage, Kevin, when she left that land of captivity, the Bible says that she came out with a high hand. Oh, there's something to be said about that because these were people that were under, if you will, a bondage and a captivity for years upon years. Generations of their family had been under slavery as it were. Yet when they left and they got their deliverance, Brother Gregory, they went out, the scripture says, with a high hand. As they were leaving, the Bible describes that the Egyptians were looking on as they were digging graves and burying their firstborn, which is a result of the last plague there in Egypt. And so yes, it was vitally important that first leg of the journey was important to the nation of Israel. But to have stopped there, to have stopped there would have been a nation that would have been delivered, a nation that would have had her freedom, but she had still been short of her promise. And we need no doubt to, we need to celebrate the first leg of the journey. We need to celebrate the idea that God has brought us out of Egypt. Amen. And he's delivered us from some things. Aren't you glad that the Lord has delivered you from some things? We need to celebrate that. But there was one rabbi that said it like this, that the journey from Egypt, amen, is a perpetual journey. What that means is it's not just my repentance and my baptism in Jesus' name and my infilling of the Holy Ghost. That might have got me from Ramses to Sukkoth. That might have brought the deliverance in my life. That might have brought the freedom in my life. But there's a whole lot more encampments between here and the promised land that we need to travel in order to inherit what God wants for us. What I'm trying to convey tonight is this. God's purpose for your life isn't just to deliver you from what you were bound by before you came to God. We celebrate that for you in your life, but God is trying to take you on a multitude of journeys and stations and encampments and leaving in order to bring us ultimately into the promised land. It was not his will or purpose to bring you out and leave you in a wilderness that may be barren and overgrown. He is trying to take you there. God has another place for you to pitch your tent. God has another place for you to depart from for a new place to assume. God yes. Someone say amen. 
Our journey from Egypt is a perpetual journey. That's the reason why God describes unto Moses. He says, I want you to record the goings out of the children of Israel from Egypt. Well, God, I could do that with the first journey. No. He says, because every day they journey away from Egypt is a journey out of Egypt. Amen. Every day that they journey away from is a journey out of. I'm thankful tonight uh, as a very young boy repenting of my sins and being baptized in Jesus' name. I thank God for that first mile of that journey in my life. Amen. But I got to come to a place as a Christian that I do not grow comfortable with just that alone. Amen. Amen. We understand in Scripture that really the journey from Egypt, amen, to the land of promise was a lot shorter than what it ended up being, right? Amen. Because the Lord had spoke to the children of Israel. He said, here is Canaan. I have given it to you. It is yours. Arise at once and take it. They sent the spies in the land. They got their own idea about whether or not they could take it. And because of doubt and disbelief in their own heart, amen, they refused to go into the very land that God had for them and wanted for them. And the Bible says as a result of that doubt, that disbelief, the Bible says that they wandered in the wilderness. One year for each day they had spied out the land. They had spied out the land for 40 days. One day, one year for each day they spied out the land. They would travel through the wilderness journeys. Amen, we cannot, we should not just grow comfortable with the first leg of the journey. I know we preach. We need all of that. We need Holy Ghost in filling baptism. We need repentance. We need all of that. Amen. In order for our soul to be saved, to be brought out of likeness into this marvelous light. But there's still a lot more journey to be done. There's still a lot more legs in the journey to happen. The Bible says that whenever Israel left Egypt, they went out to Horeb, the Mount of God. And it's there that they worshiped God. It's there that they received the law in the Ten Commandments of God. And that was very important. Their worship was important. The commandments of God that they received were important and meaningful. But the Bible says evidently they got accustomed just to be in the worship and having received the commands of God. So much so that they dwelt there among that Mount of Horeb so long that God even had to lift his voice and say, you have compassed this mountain long enough. It's time to go forward. What I'm trying to tell somebody tonight is this. I don't know where you may be in your personal journey with the Lord, but I am telling you this. There's certain times God nudges you along the way and tries to impress upon you. You've been there long enough. It's time to pull up stakes and go pitch your tent, tent somewhere else. Amen. Because this is a journey of journeys that we are on to the promised land. Amen. We need those foundational things. We need the foundational things that we have talked about concerning uh, the plan of salvation. But perhaps sometimes what's even just as equally as troublesome as being without a foundation. You remember uh, the, the parable in the Gospels how there was a man that built his house upon the rock and one that built his house upon the sand. Equally perhaps just as troublesome as being without a foundation, without a good foundation, is only having a foundation. There's a, there's a building that should exist in Chicago. 
but it don't. There's a building that should exist in Chicago. It, it, it was going to be called the Chicago Spire Building. It was to be a skyscraper along the, 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 the cityscape of Chicago back in the year of 2007. It, it was to be heralded as one of the most uh, futuristic premier residences for upscale uh, buyers and discerning buyers within the city of Chicago. Chicago, The design was going to be world-class. You can look it up on the Internet. The design is there of what the building was going to look like. They had world-class architects that were designing it and working on it. It was slated to have 150 floors in its establishment. It would have become one of the tallest buildings in the world, particularly in our hemisphere. And so it was going to be marvelous. And so they went about in 2007 starting to work on the building. And they laid the foundation. And you know, for skyscrapers, if you're going to go up high, you got to go down deep. And so they started laying the foundation. And they laid the foundation. But the story goes, as it's recorded, there was nothing ever built on top of it. In 2010, due to some, some extenuating circumstances, the project was declared dead. So there lies over there in the great landscape of Chicago a tremendous foundation, but it has nothing on it. We can't grow comfortable with just having good foundations that are supporting no buildings. We can't grow comfortable with having deep footers that can hold 150 levels of flooring above us and not even having the first floor upon the foundation. What I'm saying tonight, folks, is this. Whenever Moses in reflection for the children of Israel was at Jordan and he's looking back, he's seen 42 smaller journeys that made up the overall journey. And I'm wanting to be an encouragement to somebody tonight. I don't know how many encampments and departures may be in your journey. If it's 42, then so be it. If it's 30, then so be it. But know this, until we reach the promised land, we need never quit traveling until we arrive we never quit building we put brick upon brick floor upon floor upon the foundation that we have established when we first came to know God someone say yes here's the fact of the matter and I know Israel doubted God concerning being able to take the promised land amen but there was at least two guys Caleb and Joshua, who survived of that generation that doubted, that ended up going into the promised land as well. Amen? They could have had it sooner. But the, 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 the way and the purpose in which things were, they had to wonder with the others that, that doubted. And they had to attend a lot of funerals in the wilderness. They had to encamp and they had to, uh, you know, depart. And they had to do all these things. But whenever the day of reckoning came and they cast their eyes over their shoulders, they could have looked at themselves. And Caleb could have looked at Joshua. And Joshua looked at Caleb. And they could have told each other, you know what? We could have accomplished this in ten 
encampments or, or whatever the number may have been. We could have accomplished this in 10 encampments, but we don't see no record of that in Scripture. It took 42 in order for them to get their promise. But I guarantee you this, that as Caleb is headed toward the mountain and saying, give me this mountain, because 40 years ago, as I was then willing and able now to go up and fight, so am I now. I guarantee you, Caleb doesn't have out the calculator and the tally sheet and saying, I could have done this in 10 journeys, even though it seemed as though it took 42. You know what he was swallowed up in? In the fact that he made it nonetheless. I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight. Your journey might not look like somebody else's journey. When you arrive, it may be 42 encampments. Amen. Somebody else's may be 10. But we're all going to be overwhelmed by the fact that our feet's crossed Jordan and our feet has landed on the promise. Somebody. Someone say amen. 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 And every day that you journey, listen, every day you journey, you are journeying out from and away from, hopefully, the land of Egypt. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 6 and 1, a scripture that we've oftentimes declared, that therefore we leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. He said, we got, he said, we have a good foundation here for a good structure. He said, but let's go on to perfection. Let's, he's saying, let's grow. He's saying, let's go on to completion. He's saying, let's mature. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, all right, and of faith toward God. He said, but let's go on. What's he saying? He said, we've made it to Sukkoth. He says, now what is our next juncture that we believe we can make it to? I don't know how you all do it, but sometimes whenever we travel, I try not to get in mind that in a 10-hour trip that I'm trying to go from Mount Carmel uh, to Orange Beach, Alabama. No, I'm first thinking I got to get to Nashville. And then once I get to Nashville, I'm thinking I need to get to Birmingham. And then from Birmingham, I'm thinking I need to get to Orange. Why are you doing that? Because whenever I think about the overall trip, sometimes it's overwhelming. But if I can see that in three and a half hours, I can make it to Nashville, I can do that. Some of you are being defeated by the longevity and the, how far the trip may be. But God's trying to say, let's break it down a little bit. Just you choose you out of space between here and there. And you travel to that destination. And once you get done there I got another destination for you you can make it you can make it a leg of the trip at a time now when I get there I know I've traveled 10 hours but it sure did help the mind it sure did help my attitude Oh, yes, sir. Just <laughs> some of these people that's won those big contests of, you know, eating 32 and 42 ounce steaks. You know what they tell you? He said it was a bite at a time. God is not asking anything of us, but do a bite at a time. And just so that we're finished whenever rapture time comes. Someone say Amen. According to numbers, each journey after their initial deliverance 
was again a part of the overall release from Egypt. It was a part of their going out because, again, we must have the, the, the understanding that Egypt, in reality, was more than a geographic location on the map in that day and in our day. It was more than just a space with definitive boundaries. Egypt is, was, and shall ever be until the Lord comes. Egypt is a spirit that pervades time and space and wishes to get into your journey in the wilderness to hearten you. Amen. To cause you to think about turning around. To cause to make you think we had it better than Egypt than when where we are right now. Hallelujah. Egypt is an attitude. And when we understand these things, listen folks, there are some places along the way you'll spend more time at than you do other places along the way. It's from my understanding when you look at these 42 encampments, listen to this. Journeys 1 through 11 were in the first year following the exodus. The first year they came out, 11 encampments that took place. The journeys 32 through 42, those 10 at the end, they happened in the 40th year. Are you listening to me? The 40th year of their travelings. It happened in one year, those 10 journeys. So you have 11 at the front in a year. You have the 10 at the back within a year. And there in between were the other 19 during a period of time of 38 years. Boy, it describes, I think sometimes, our coming to the Lord perfectly. It's when a person first is released from bondage, they're ready to travel. I'm going to do this for God. This is what's going to take place. This is what's going to happen. We're ready to win the world, Brother Fred. And we have encampment depart, encampment depart. Eleven within the first year. Somewhere along the way, things kind of get a little slow. Yeah. The Bible speaks at one place that the children of Israel went to was Kadesh, Barnea. The Bible states in the first chapter of Deuteronomy, listen to me, that from Kadesh, Barnea, from Horebrether, the Mount of God, to Kadesh, Barnea, I believe it was, was an 11-day journey from Horeb. That's where they went to after they got out of Egypt. To Kadesh, Barnea, was an 11-day journey. And here's the thing. Kadesh, Barnea, Brother Kevin, is where the spies departed from to go check out the land of Canaan. So listen, it must have been close then enough for them to go check it out and come back, right? And yet there's just an 11-day journey between Horeb and Kadesh Barnea. And so within a 38-time period here, between the first year and the last year of this 40-year journey, there are 19 journeys that take place in those 38 years. And the Midrash, the Jews say this, that 19 of those 38 years, amen, were more than likely spent in Kadesh Barnea or in and around that region or that area. <laughs> Kadesh Barnea, in reality, was the furthest point the Israelites had reached on the road to Canaan. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's where they sent the spies to go check out the land. 
But at Kadesh Barnea, that furthest point, yet seemed to be also a close point to their promise, they decided they could not go into Cana. And they remained in and around that area, according to the Jews, for about 19 years. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying you're going to spend longer at some places than you are the others. But you don't need to spend too long at any place. There's certain things. And listen, we cannot, there is not a real uh, proper way for us to compare our journeys. Please do not do that in the church world. You'll get, you'll get prideful. And you'll cause somebody else to feel like they can't make it. All right, we, we, we got junctures along the road, right? Got junctures along the road. Juncture along the road, for one, may be given on the way to the promised land. You read all the encampments and the journeys in those 38 years, there are some places that the children of Israel stayed at one night. There are others they stayed at a few years. Amen. The end result was this. Always be going toward that direction. Huh? Always be heading toward that direction. Here's the marvelous thing. Think about this, folks. I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight. They were traveling with the tabernacle. Listen. The prescription of Scripture is this. It doesn't give, it doesn't give any exceptions. When they stopped and encamped, they set up the tabernacle. Even if it was just for one night. You, do you understand the, the gravity of this? You're talking, you have all these sockets of silver and sockets of brass. Things are heavy, getting everything in its right, putting up the walls, putting the skins over, doing all of this stuff for one night's stay. But in all that, God was trying to convey something to his people. That if you're at that location just for one night or if you're there for three years, we got to set up the tabernacle because it's going to be the center. The presence of God still needs to be the center of it all. We can't shove it over here and keep it on the wagon or keep it on the shoulder of the priest. We got to set it up and you got to pitch your tent around it because this is what's enabling you to continue on your journey. If it's a one night stay, that's great. Somebody, at least in our journey in this life that we live right now, somebody might spend one day at giving and say, I got it, I'm going to give. Somebody else might stay there a couple years before they get it. But honey, if we can all cross over Jordan at the same time, when the last trump of God sounds, Some people stop at giving. You know, they have problems with that. Some people, it's even even early on, you know, type of things. Just attending the house of God. Amen. We can teach it. We can preach about it. And we do. But somehow there's a disconnect somewhere. Right? <laughs> and sometimes they got to come past that mountain for days upon end. Before they continue on their journey. Some things is, is, is a, a modesty of attitude and, 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 and appearance. Well, glory. Everybody okay out there? We're on a journey. 
Moses said there's 42 encampments back there. There's 42 times that we paused. There's 42 times that we stopped. There's 42 times and in, their, in, their, in their life, there were some times, and we find this true to our own life, that they kind of went back over some ground that they had already went over. Amen. But folks, we're trying to constantly separate ourselves and get further in our goings out from Egypt. I want to encourage somebody tonight that if you've been a part of this church for 20 years or if you've been a part of this church for 10 years and you're not at the exact same stage that someone's at, I'm trying to encourage you tonight, amen, continue to lift up the stakes on your tent and find a new place to plant it down at. Amen. Don't just get comfortable there. Pick them up and put them down. Make some headway on your journey. Folks, There, the times are telling me the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. The time is going quicker amen, than what I would ever imagine it to go. And I know, well, they of old had said it many years ago, oh, the Lord is coming soon. And yes, folks, that is still just as valid today as it ever was because his return is imminent, which means he can come at any point in time. It's not a date on the calendar. It's not a date in the year. It can happen at any time. And the signs around us point toward the coming of the Lord. And that tells me I need to pick up my stakes one more time and put them down. I need to somehow make some headway on this journey toward the land of promise. You'll stand with me tonight. I got to. You are on a perpetual journey. Listen, none of us are arriving till we all arrive. None of us are arriving until we all arrive. But it's what we are doing between here and there. Listen, I don't want you to be of the generation that was the doubter. That somewhere along the journey, you die off. You cease to exist. You want to be a Joshua Caleb that keeps your feet on this side of the earth. And I'm talking in the spiritual aspect. You want to keep your feet on this side of the earth. And you're going to be met with times of bitter water. You're going to be met with times of no water. You're going to be met with times of no food. Wilderness, right? But you're going to see water come out of a rock. And you're going to see manna fall from heaven. And you're going to see quail up to your knees. Why? Because we made a conscious choice and decision that we're going to continue on our journey. We're going to take it a leg of the journey at a time. I know, I know it's for me, Lord. I know you've described it. I know you said it's mine. And I know I have doubts and inhibitions in my own heart. And I'm taking it a journey at a time. But at the end of 40 years, can there be a Moses that can cast their eyes over their shoulders and say, well, it was 30, it was 30 encampments for me. For this one over here, they may say it was 15 encampments for me. But the fact of the matter is, Brother Gregory, if it was 15 encampments for you and 30 for me, you and I both have an allotment of land, have a portion and a piece that has been set aside for those that endeavored to make the journey. If we bow our heads in this place tonight.
bow our heads in this place tonight. I'm calling for someone that maybe has started not long ago not to be discouraged because of the one that started 10 years before you did. And here's the other fact of the matter, folks. There's some that started 10 years after you that seem like they're already five years ahead of you. It happens. God does quick works in his people's lives. and Some people are just more conducive to the work of the Lord. It just happens. And so, and I want to make clear tonight, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to make clear something here tonight. This, what I'm speaking to tonight, is trying to be an encouragement to you, but in no way am I trying to endorse or indoctrinate in your life a laissez-faire type of attitude in your journey. All right? Of a purposefully acknowledging, I'm just going to drag my feet. No, 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 no. What I'm encouraging you with is this. If there's some things that you are unsure of, if there's things that you're struggling with, stay in the struggle. Stay in the struggle until you can lift your stakes and you can move on to your next leg of the journey. On our way home from Alabama just a week ago, I drove about a little over halfway and I let my wife drive. I very seldom do that. She says, let me drive so I can rest, but that's just like, that don't happen. Nonetheless, some of my favorite prayer times is when my wife drives. I'm just joking. We were on our way home. We got to Nashville, or close to Nashville area, and they had all of Interstate 65 heading north totally shut down which was going to lead over to my Interstate 24, heading west. We came to stops and standstills. I just opened up my maps. I tried to direct my wife other ways. It was frustrating. I've, I've traveled for years evangelizing. I can handle even somewhat moving traffic than just parking lot traffic. Folks, I'm going, if I can just move some, I'm happy. But it's when i just not going anywhere. Oh, my blood pressure, if you could take it, just starts to rise. I just, I even told there's times even when we used to travel and storms would come. My wife knows this. It'd be horrible. You couldn't hardly even see. And we're inching along maybe 20 miles per hour. She says, why don't you just pull over and just stop for a while? I said, because if we keep going, you've heard me say this before. If we keep going, we'll get through this storm. So we navigated and it, it took us a little more time to get through Nashville than what I really wanted to. We was about ready to get on 24. They had something else going on, a record. So if you couldn't get on 24, we had to go through the country. About 10 miles to get over and about. What I'm saying is this, I was frustrated, Brother Gregory. But I was three and a half hours from home from there. And I wasn't about ready to look at my wife and kids and say, Let's find a hotel and just sleep and see what morning holds. Home was three and a half hours away. My bed was three and a half hours away. I didn't care if I was going to have to be frustrated, take my time and reroute just a little bit. I was going to go on just a little further. 
Can I tell somebody right now, whatever you may be struggling with or frustrated with or warring with, this is not the time to stop. This is not the time to give up. You might have to renavigate. You might have to suck it up just a little bit, bear the burden a little bit, but we're too close to home. Amen. To stop right now. I'm compelling someone tonight to be obedient to the Lord. Hallelujah. That if you've been at your particular place now, maybe for five years or seven years, maybe you need to contemplate tonight pulling up some stakes and going just another part of the leg of the journey. Just another part of the leg of the journey. Amen. Continuing with your going outs, if you will, as you get further and further away from Egypt and get closer and closer to the promised land. These altars are open tonight. Your pew can be an altar. I wish somebody would make a funnel right now for what God has for you so to get inside of you before you leave this building tonight. 42 encampments, Moses said, but here we are at the Jordan River. We're going to cross over. He didn't cross over because of what he did, but Joshua came as, as his support. Joshua came as the one that replaced him, and he took that nation of Israel over the Jordan land after having 42 stops, interruptions, pauses along the way. They made it. Folks, that's what I want your story to be that however many encampments it took, however many stops, however many pauses, we made it. We arrived. Our feet touched the soil. Our hands embraced the land of promise. God's trying to speak to somebody tonight. God's trying to speak to somebody tonight. Oh, will you be malleable? Will you be pliable by the Spirit of the Lord? Will you be pliable right now? Brother McGee, I'd, I had 11 encampments in my first year of journeying with the Lord, but I've slowed down a little bit since then. I only do one every one year or so. Folks, I'm telling you, let's go on with our journey. Let's go on. We've compassed some mountains too long. we got to go for forward hallelujah raise your hands talk to God right now across this place somebody talk to God right now he's got you on a journey he's got you on a journey and it's made up of smaller journeys just conquer the next city just conquer the next city conquer the next mountain go through the next valley take it a leg of the journey at a time hallelujah thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.